So Trevor Wallace is one of the funniest people on the internet. He's known for his parodies of people who own AirPods, drink White Claw, and who are named Kyle, among many others. Today, we get to sit down and talk about the business behind some of the most viral sketches on the internet, where he finds his inspiration, and how you're able to do practically anything that you want on today's episode of... Smash the like button. Sure. But first, we got to thank our sponsor, StreamYard. People always say they want to start making content, but for most, it's hard to get the ball rolling. And when you've never made a video before, it could be very difficult to know where to start. I've seen firsthand that post-production could be one of the most daunting tasks for new creators. That's why I recommend for anyone thinking about getting into content creation that you start by using StreamYard. StreamYard is a live streaming studio platform that's perfect for people looking to get into content creation. With StreamYard, you can create high-quality content right from your browser, and you can stream directly to Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and several other platforms. They even make it simple to brand and customize your videos before you even go live. You could even multi-stream to all of your social media platforms at once to be able to maximize your content's outreach. Whether you just want to start live streaming or easily record new content, StreamYard makes it simple to get professional and polished content every single time. So get started for free today using our link down below and you can start making high quality content quickly and easy, like I said, for free with StreamYard. Again, the link is down below in the description to get started today. And now let's get to the podcast. Trevor, thank you so much for uh, meeting us Vegas in a karaoke room in a karaoke There's room drugs spots. Down in here. you think so I think plenty think so. copious amounts yeah, yeah. dog yeah it's karaoke uh, in Vegas right, well that, that explains it uh I think we got to start because Jack is a funny story to oh tell yeah you. yeah I didn't Please think we'd do. start yeah. off with this okay but uh Jack Trevor introduced Wallace. himself twice to me today I did I introduced funny. it was horribly embarrassing but I did introduce but myself nice twice on, so oh, thank you I literally just got this my grandma got it for me, so I appreciate that yeah grandmas you, love sweaters they do love sweaters wake up did she make that herself she did not make this herself no unfortunately mentally she did she did put a lot of love you got a funny story yeah yeah the funny story so you actually performed at UCSB I think this was like two and a half years ago probably and I remember I showed up the line was way too long it was a free show I knew yeah. I would not make it in so I was like <laughs> circumnavigating my way throughout the throughout the line trying to figure out if I can make it in I definitely yeah. couldn't I went around the venue and while I was walking around the venue to try to find a place to sneak in I found a door with a crack in it yeah and I looked through this crack on me and I saw you I remember this I remember I remember saw that? you no I remember the no. crack in the door and I remember okay. people like because what it was is like there's this comedy club with this at they do at Santa Barbara called Laughology. Students put it on. Yeah. And I was and I would do it when I had like no nothing. I would just do like ten minute sets and then there'd be a headliner. I would just do it just to do it because I was early in the stand up career. And then they booked me for this and then it's like the stuff started taking off for me. And then I was like, like you guys want me to do this? And they're like, let's do two shows. They're like, no, let's just stick with one. And then the word got out and like my demo is frat. Yeah. My demo is college. My yeah. demo is UCSB. It's like that's. Isla Vista, that's my, that, those are my people right there. Right. So it sold in seconds. Yeah. Not sold because it was free. Right. I got paid like 20 bucks, but. That was it? I don't know. I, I, at that point, I'm just doing comedy to just stay sharp and just do right. like, you know, just work out longer sets. And um, I forget how much it was. It wasn't a lot, but it's uh, it's a really fun, uh, all Los Angeles comedians have probably done like Laughology. It's, it's a really fun show. So I remember I was in the back pacing, just going over my head. And then there's like cracks and there's like windows. People go, oh, and then this yeah. guy shows up. So what happens? Jack? Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't weird, right? But I just I was like, yo, Trevor, Trevor, Trevor. And I was trying to get your attention. You looked at me, you smiled. I think you like got up and walked away. And then I continued walking around the venue, right. found a place in the back. Couldn't make it in. Oh, really? I wait. No, I could not make it in. The line was huge, mm, dude. Yeah. Like there were so many people that couldn't make well, it in. You had a lot of fans there. I think a lot of people. It was in a um, like a. a uh, Lecture hall. Yeah. And I think a lot of people didn't know how big the lecture hall was. It wasn't very big. It, it maybe held like 200 or 300. Mm -hmm. So there's like 600 people in line. And right. mathematically. That doesn't make sense. Fit, right. Unless you sit on laps. But right. Lucky for you guys, I have a show at the Mirage tomorrow. So come oh, on Oh, there we go. Tickets, full nice. circle. All right. Oh, cool. That's cool. Thank you, man. But yeah. The, the but, Santa Barbara's great. But yeah. then you met, you met, met up afterwards. Yeah. I met you yeah. afterwards, right? So there was like, you were doing a meet and greet. You're ever was so I? gracious. Yeah. You were wow. saying hello to everybody. You came outside shook the hands of the fans, took some photos. And I went up to him like, Hey man, I was that guy that oh, like that you whispered to you. And you're like, yeah, it was a little weird, but uh, cool. And then we took the photo and I was like, all do right, you have cool. the photo? I do have the photo. You see it. I, I, I was looking for it this morning and I think it was on my other phone, which I transferred my laptop. I'll send it to you. Okay. I got the photo. You know what? We'll put it up on screen. I'll put here. it up Just on the screen. Like you're yeah, reacting yeah. to You'll it right now. Like, oh, because so I genuinely want to know, like, <laughs> what I remember you, like, with the outfit or whatever. Was yeah, going on. But, yeah. But yeah, there's people up front. So now I've met you three times. Wow. Not just Today. two. 
Yeah, three yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. Cool. how'd you get yeah. started in all that? I got started. I've always just loved comedy. Like it's wild to say, but my mom found like something in like third or fourth grade. It was like, "What's your dream job?" And like with the spelling, like Doodle Bob spelling, mm-hmm. like I wrote comedian. I spelled it wrong. I think I spelled it with a K. It's funny. It's pretty on brand. Yeah. I still yeah. don't know how to spell it, but. <laughs> I like always just love comedy. I grew up on like Jim Carrey and Robin Williams, and I just like that's all I cared about. I never, all my friends are like, Do you see Braveheart? Do you see fucking Titanic? And I'm like, No, it's not funny. It's sad. Yeah. You know, so I always was in to that. And then when I was 17, my mom, it's a very Disney Channel story. My mom cut out something from the paper and it said stand up comedy workshop classes. And this was in Ventura, which is like 20 minutes. Ah, uh, Jack knows up. where that is. I grew up there. Really? Yeah. 805 boy? Yes. 805. 805 boy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Camarillo. That's oh. what I thought. Yeah. I thought I knew that. Yeah, yeah, Because people would talk about you in Ventura. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Right. No big deal in Camarillo. <laughs> yeah. It's me and somebody that was on Big Bang Theory and uh, two baseball players, Delman Young, Ventura, comedy workshop, classes. Uh, and then my mom cut it out on paper. And then anything your mom tells you to do at that age, you're like, I'm going to do this shit. Why am I going to do that? And then eventually some time went by and I was like, you know what? Maybe I should check this out. And I show up to this comedy club on a Saturday and it's like me and like six other people trying to get into comedy. And there was a guy there, this guy, Randy Lubis, he owned the comedy club, but he's teaching it. And there was like assignments. They'd be like, all right, here's a newspaper, write some jokes on it. And then I was writing some, he's like, it's pretty good. I kind of only been doing this. I was like today. And like, I've never done this. And then he just kind of was like, Oh, you kind of have like a knack for it. And then he helped me build like a five minute set. And then mm-hmm. from there I did that set. on like the showcase which was essentially like a dance recital. It was like all of our friends and family from me and the other comedians there. And like, I just had this rush of energy. Like I, I was, I never played sports really growing up or I did, but I wasn't good at it. I think I shot at my own goal twice in soccer. So, <laughs> you know, friendly fire was on that game. Right. Right. But that was the first time I felt like I had like a game winning catch or like a home run. Like it felt like this, like this rush and it felt right. So I did that, and then I started doing stand-up, and then when I went to college, Vine came out, and then my buddy Jorge, shout out Jorge, great guy, just got married. <laughs> this is your wedding gift, me shouting out on his coffee. Um, and he's like, dude, you got to make Vine, you got to make Vine, okay. this is where funny people are. And I was like, I don't believe it, and I start scrolling, I, sure enough, I start seeing funny people, and I think I was just like, all right, I'll f*** around, and I lived in a frat house at the time, sure. so it was super easy. What year was this, by the way? This, this was, was in like 2014? Uh, 2013, I believe. Okay, sure. Yeah. And I think I just, like, I was making videos, and then, like, other guys in the frat house would see me, like, make a vine. But, dude, I want to be in one. So I had just, like, a disposal of just, like, roaming, just a revolving door of frat guys. We'd be like, oh, cop one, cop one. And then I had one kind of hit, and it didn't do anything for me, but I got recognized going to class one day, and I was like, Papa's made it. <laughs> San Jose State legend. Um, but, like, I was happy that Vine never got really big for me because it just showed me how a video can work. You have an idea, you post it, bombs. You have an idea, post it, bombs. Oh, but this one gets a little bit of traction, gets to share. You see how the internet works, kind of that snowball effect. So at that point, I was a sophomore and I was doing Vines all sophomore year, junior year, and then towards the end of junior year is when I got really back into stand-up. And I was doing like open mics after class and um, senior year, moved out of the frat house and I was like doing a good amount of open mics and then just move straight to LA right after and just yeah. Were you getting paid for doing stand-up shows or were you just no. doing it for experience? No, you just yeah. and, and you, there's really not a lot of money in stand-up in the very early days at all. You sure. pay like seven dollars or like a chicken finger and like I literally inventory one time got uh, paid with a bread bowl, clam chowder. <laughs> no way. Yeah, right next door there was a place called uh-huh. like, what was it called? There's a place with clam chowder essentially right next to the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club back then. Huh. And the guys like I'll get you bullet chowder. And nice. I was like, Fuck. <laughs> now, what was it like your first time going up on stage? I like blacked out. Crowd, I really? remember like the first laugh, and I always try to get a laugh as quick as possible on yeah. stage because that like sets the anxiety and like that anxiousness. It just kind of locks you in. Sure. So the first time I got a laugh, I was like shocked on stage. Like I said, I, I forget what it, it was a quick joke. Yeah. And I get this like little laugh, and I was like, oh, fuck. and then like I just picked my head up, and the five minutes flew by. So how does it work? Do you have a whole set that's just memorized or do you kind of wing it? Do you ever wing it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say in my head, there's like picture like a Spotify playlist and there's, you know, 40 songs Mm -hmm. and I stick to these, but sometimes I'm like, Oh, let me pull from here. Let me pull from here. But in the back, there's like a skeleton of like starting to middle to finishing jokes. And then kind of like, I can like, if somebody in the audience yells something out about whatever that, Horses, and I go, oh, dude, I, I have a horse bit from three years ago. Now I can, 
you know, you make it seem seamless. Somebody's like horses, and then you do your bit on it. People mm. are like, this guy's fucking Shin Lim over here, dude. Huh. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah, so it's just all keeping it in your head. But, Got I mean, it. I essentially have, like, what I normally start-ish with is, like, this chunk, and then I end with this chunk. Um, but I think the on-the-fly stuff is the most fun. Yeah. And what kept you motivated to post on Vine when you probably weren't making any money from it? And uh, it was probably a grind. It's just addicting. I think it's just fun. Mm -hmm. I just like, I mean, it's literally like the same reason you walk up to the casino. Dudes are just on the slots. You put each poll is a video and you go, what's it going to be? A dud. What's it going to be? Oh, this one kind of hit. We got one of the, we got one of the slot machines to light up. You know, mm. it's like when, when you don't get jackpot, but you get one of the big ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, close. So, it's funny you described it like that. That's exactly how it is for me with posting videos. It's like you see how it ranks one out of ten. Be like, I got a one today. Of course. Or it's like a ten. Be like, got to do it again. But that's what the difference yeah. between stand-up and, uh, and videos is for me, uh, feeling-wise, is stand-up is instant. You say something, either the crowd's like, we fuck with it. It's not like somebody's <laughs> yeah. like, they get together and they come back and they're like, that's a seven out of ten joke from us. <laughs> so stand-up, instant. Yeah. You feel it. It's reciprocated. There's no faking that. But videos, it's like, you, know, you post something, then the algorithm's like, "Is this go against guidelines? Is this good? Is this bad?" Yeah. Um. Uh. Sometimes shit pops immediately, but now, like, I have a video that I'll like, kind of like do okay, and then I'll like pick my head up, and a couple days later, like, kicked up in the back end, or flopped in the beginning, yeah. or hit right off the bat. Like, there's too many, there's too much waiting for yeah. videos to to really feel the response from the audience. It's yeah. interesting. Comments, comments are always yeah. are good to, you know, if you want your mental health, be right, good, right. read comments. Okay. No, I absolutely stopped reading comments. Cool. I so read all the comments. I, I am yeah. done Do reading read comments. comments. Yes. For any YouTubers uh, watching, I you, read the comments. Good. Yeah. What do they say about, what is a, because podcast fans are the best fans of the world. What do they say? They can about be touchy you? about some of the guests that we've had on in the past. Have you had problematic people? No, it's just maybe people I, that, uh, like we've definitely, edgy, we have had problematic people on the podcast, I would say. But the thing is, just because someone's problematic, I don't think like there's any reason to just like not let them speak. You know what I mean? Well, like, I, well, to a, certain, <laughs> to a certain extent, but I still think that it's good to challenge your opinions yeah. on everything. Yeah, it's right? funny. I mean, the edgy guests get the most traction and the most views. We've had well, some of the clips get like five, ten million views, and people are like, "I hate this." Well, because well, like people 10 million are views. commenting because yeah. they agree or disagree. But mm -hmm. if somebody's just a wholesome guy. You know, if you have Neil Patrick Harris on here, everyone's like, oh, I love this guy. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. all the comments. But if you get somebody who's edgy, you're going to get the people that are like, I love this guy. And they'll be like, why the fuck would you have this person yeah. on? So you get both sides. Mm -hmm. so. But I'm curious for you, because uh, you mentioned YouTube in the videos. How do you balance what you want to make with the YouTube's algorithm and pushing the content that might be, you know, little on the line? I essentially just make the stuff I want to make. And if it gets demonetized, I, in my head... All views lead to something greater. Mm -hmm. So if the video gets demonetized, all right, somebody who's a fan of that video might now want to do a brand deal. You know, I, I try not to let the the little green dollar sign next to your video or the, the yellow, like, demonetize yeah. or, like, limited monetization get too much in my head because I have such a catalog of videos over the past five years, if not more, that it's like if one video gets flagged, then you go, But now, right. what if it's not just getting flagged, but what if it's not getting recommended? Because now it seems uh, like that's yeah. that's a big thing where YouTube is just deciding not to push certain videos. Yeah. And so you have to tailor that if you want to reach the audience. I, I mean, it's unfortunate because you put a lot of work into it and you never really know until you hit post mm. and publish how it's going to do. Um, sometimes it's unfortunate. You're just like, damn, all right. But I'm always like, what's next? You know, that, and that's what's what I like about stand-up and videos, it's like, if a joke bombs, you go, okay, I'm not going to sit in this moment and be like, damn, I'm not going to just, you just be like, what's next? How do I keep going from here? What's the next show after? Mm -hmm. So if a video doesn't do well, if it's not getting pushed, I go, all right, whatever. Maybe we'll get picked up in three months. Keep going. Yeah. But also I just, you know, if the video is five minutes, you have a couple clips for TikTok you can post from that. So I'm like, something will hit. Sure. What was that like for you moving to LA? How uh, are you supporting yourself back then? Was I, it just through comedy? So I had a day job. I lived in a pool house in Studio City. A <laughs> studio city. Uh, yeah, it was a pool house. It literally my my best friend's older brother's friend. Let's see if I got that right. Best friend, older brother, and then he has a friend. his friend. Yeah, yeah right. was living at, at this house, and then one of his roommates was recording just guitar stuff in the back in the pool house, and just randomly was like, um, I think I went to go and just go out with them one night, and they're like, Yeah, dude, you could rent that for like three hundred fifty bucks if you want. Hmm. And I was like sold because my other two friends that I was going to move in with were like, we're down, but we won't be there for like eight to nine months. So I was like, let me just get out there already. Slept on an air mattress, but it had a inflatable headboard. 
There you go. Ladies. Nice. Never yeah, once yeah. brought a lady back. I had crickets as uh, literally would come over at night. Literally, there was a gap this big in the door. Crickets yeah. would just come in. You didn't the think to close that great. off, like put a towel on there? No, I liked it. It was no. like the free calm okay, app. Got it. Right, nice. right. Some homies. Yeah, so what was the question? How did I get here? How was I supporting myself? Yeah. So I was doing that, but I was also working two internships. One at the Groundlings, which is an improv theater. A lot of uh, big actors and stuff have, have come out of that. Um, and then I was also working at All Def Digital. Do you know them? They're no. a big YouTube channel. They're not as big anymore, but they, they did a bunch of, uh, it was all comedy and music. It was ran by uh, Russell Simmons. So he did like Def Jam comedy back in the day. This was his version. It was all Def Digital. Cool. Um, so they were putting me in videos too. It was like comedy stuff. And it was some like unscripted stuff, just like kind of debates and stuff like that. And then also sketches. So I was doing that. I was doing the two internships. All Def Digital eventually brought me on full time. Uh, then I was a paid intern and then I was salary stopped working at groundlings. And then I was just work. I think I was making 40 K a year at all Def digital. And I was pumped because my rent was three fifty, So I had like some money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was just doing open mics every night and vine had died at this point. I wasn't really making too many videos. It's like 2015. And then Facebook, I was like, Facebook's going to be big for videos, Facebook and YouTube. So I started making videos again in like 2016, 2017. That's when I had this one character about zoomies, the skate shop kind of hit. And that hit on Facebook and YouTube. And then I was like, all right, is that same feeling I had when Vine hit? I was like, time to double down. All right, here we go. I'm feeling the momentum again. And, and what was then things yeah. just took off? Like, or was uh, it more gradual? No, but it's, I always think about my career as like a fire. And it's like, you want to keep throwing logs on the fire. Sure. So each video is a log. And I was like, okay, I have a little spark here with the Zoomies character. Let's just keep, you know, keep throwing wood at it. Let's keep growing this. So I did like. Probably like seven or eight videos as it's like Zoomy's character, but then I didn't want to be pigeonholed. I don't want to be like mm-hmm. kind of like cornered as that. So then I um, started doing a little bit different ones, but I'd do a few. And if those didn't hit, then I'd go back to the Zoomy's one as like a fail safe. But at that point, like it was a slow growth. And then December 2018, I think it was right when the AirPods got big. That video, oh, yeah. I remember yeah, that, that video. That video, that, like, so that blew video got up. posted on like, yeah, it got blew up. Yeah, it, got, it was on like Reddit front page, and then World Star reposted it. And I was like, yeah. I was at a coffee shop in Camarillo when I saw World Star reposted. I was just kept refreshing my Instagram, and each time it'd be like a couple more hundred, a couple more hundred, wow. couple more hundred followers. And that that video gave me like, I went from like 60k to like 85k on Instagram. And at the point. I'm in a cam. I'm in Camarillo at a coffee shop. I'm like, somebody give me a latte. What's <laughs> on World Star? But uh, Camarillo, California, isn't the demographic for World Star to imagine. So, but it is for AirPods. It is for AirPods. Yeah. yeah How did so you come up with that idea? It's just like everybody was kind of like. I was just tired of my friends just being like, mm-hmm. you know. It's just <laughs> walk us through the the, the the bit a little bit. Yeah. So if anyone viewing doesn't like, know, AirPods were really the first kind of like. Bluetooth headset or headphones that like really it wasn't even about the quality it was just the look it was the short white stub that was like as a fashion statement yeah. you know people were just wearing it and not even on the phone not even listening to music it's just it was earrings for dudes <laughs> every fucking tech guy had those sh- and like it, that with a vape and a Patagonia vest couldn't tell me nothing on a bird scooter with airpods in oh my god unstoppable yeah yeah so I think I started to just hear people talking about it. There was a few like memes here and there. And then I was like, dude, I can make a character out of this. And then I just, it just did that. And then I just pictured like, what would this bag it's, And every character is just an accentuation for me. All right. You know, people see me like this bag. You're right. I'm not hiding it. I was in a frat. I've had the same haircut since I was like nine, like very much. I understand what I am. So I just accentuate that. And then I go, what is me at a 10? If a three level dude, is me just vibing posted mm-hmm. up with the air mattress how do i accentuate this so i had like i had like a jean jacket with like a turtleneck on and mm-hmm. you know i'm just right i was in santa monica when i filmed yeah. that video i had airpods in just riding around i just was like how do i just keep going with that and then that did well so i did um like a parody after that and then what's great is they kept dropping airpods mm-hmm. year later they did airpods the pros mm-hmm. so i go all right same guy we're doing pros year goes by airpod max come out guess what's going on <laughs> and look I, it's it's fun because it, it's you know people almost like look t- to me i would get tweets and people would be like the pros came out today are you when's the, excited for the video and that's the best thing is like when people think of you before the video is even out yeah. you know like this dropping when are you dropping so <laughs> you know it's fun uh, and I did it for all the AirPods and, you know, in 2024 when they dropped the new ones that are exact same, but 
have a different shape, like octagons yeah. now. I'll make another video. Do you remember how much so you fun. made off the first video? I I'd imagine like Facebook would pay pretty well on something like that. I wish I do. Um, I, I, I remember my first Facebook check. Yeah. I was like, this isn't real. I didn't believe it. And then I looked, I feel like this is a clip coming. I know how this works. It, this is the clip. Subtitles right here. I remember the first Facebook check I ever got was for $30,000. And I was like, I was driving and I had the biggest smile on my face. I was like, there's no way. There's no way that this, like all these videos equal to this. Like it, like I thought it was going to be like, like a, like a Facebook was going to be like th roughly 30 K and then you get it and it's like $14. You're like, what? And they're yeah. like taxes. And you're like, how the <laughs> fuck? But I was like mind blown. I was like, how is this? And I remember the song paid in full came on. It's by this guy's safe and Cardi. I think it's safe. And I was just blasting the song just because it was so, it felt the theme. Like it yeah, literally came sure. on when I checked my account, paid in full. And that was, and that was like when things were on, on. My Facebook does not make that now. But this is when things were on, on. And I was just ecstatic. So when did you quit your job? I quit my job in 2018. I worked at All Def Digital for like three years, three and a half years. Sure. And I remember I like asked my parents. I didn't really ask them, but I like told them. I was like, I'm um, quit my job to do comedy. And I was like very nervous to do that uh, because I had mentioned it before and they were always like, yeah, for sure. But definitely they have health insurance. Stay there. Kaiser, gold, platinum, good stuff. Go. Uh, and then I, when I told them like 2018, they were like, yeah, we knew this was coming. And then after that, I was just like, let's, you know. And what was the catalyst to you quitting? I had a friend, Kev on stage, my mentor. He's a guy that worked at All Def Digital, one of my favorite comedians, funniest guy. He was um, he was about to leave. And I was like, Kev, I want to leave too. How much money should I have in the bank before I leave? You know, people say that you should have like three months salary or this or that. And then I told him how much I had in the bank. And he's like, and you're still here? Like, leave. You're fine. You'll be all right. And I remember that moment after. I was like, yeah, this guy has a wife and two kids. And if he's telling me that that's enough money for a single guy living in Santa Monica, like, I'll, I'll be all right. How Were you making more it? from... We oh, got, yeah. We got to know how much that sure. was. Right, go ahead, Brian Graham. It wasn't even an insane amount for... What will you guys guess how much you think I had? I'm going to guess 70K. single guy. Yeah, I was, was going to say like 60. 60. Yeah. 60K. 60K in my bank account. That's plenty. And that was uh, when... And that was after months and some months of YouTube and Facebook and also just saving up money from all that digital. I didn't yeah. spend money. I, I, when I moved out of the pool house with my friends and I lived with two of them and one guy paid 900, one guy paid a thousand. I paid 800 from my room. And I, that's, I was my only coverage. Yeah. I had that and I paid off my car. I had a Mazda three flex nice. I paid off my car <laughs> and I paid 800. Um, so, but everything I did was either YouTube or stand up. So I was working and then doing YouTube and stand up. So all three of those were generating not a lot from stand up and some from YouTube, but when I saw like checks coming in from YouTube, I was like, this is the same amount I'm getting for two weeks pay at all Def digital. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I'm good. Uh, I left and then this, I think I was, I was starting to tour with some and then it was the summer of 2019 where like three videos back to back to back just all like hit. And then I was like, let's, which videos are this? It was a Kyle video. Uh, was just making fun of dudes named Kyle. I remember uh, that. I like the, that one the hometown bro video. And then of course the infamous white claw video, mm -hmm. all three of those were like me and my friend, Chad Turley's, if you know him, yeah, best guy. It was like this era when I bleached my hair and like every video was hitting. So whenever it's bombing on YouTube, I'll like text Chad and be like, F going blonde. You That's know? funny. It's, it's like, it just felt like, but that summer is like, dude, you got to do frosted tips. Yeah. I feel like that, I, would, that would really like take you to the tips, next level. Yeah. It really would. Yeah, I'd be down. Frosted tips go hard. Like they the do. guy stuck in the '90s, I think would do oh, so yeah. well. That would be funny. That yeah, young Lance Bass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The CD player. I, had, I like, have an insane T-shirt. I bought it at a thrift store. I think that I think that's a banger for you. Oh, then yeah, guy stuck in the '90s. Yeah. Get the Jinko jeans. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy how much those three YouTube videos must have blown you up, though, because when you did, like I said, when when I came to the UCSB thing, I did not expect it to be as big as it was. All there right. were hundreds of hundreds of people there. It was crazy. Yeah. Well, what it is, and I tell this to every YouTuber, is like the the fact that, and this goes for the same thing for music. It's like I had a back catalog. I've been making videos since like 2017, so we got two years on me of making videos, and I was doing a video every Monday, right? So there's two years. So when these videos start popping, they can now 
watch these videos, but then also backtrack and they listen and they watch and they just binge. Mm -hmm. And that's how you lock in a fan. Because if I had no other videos, people watch one video, they go, hmm, mm -hmm. that's it. There's nowhere to go. Right. But the more, it's like when you find an artist. Yep. You, you find one song of theirs and you listen to an album, then another album. All of a sudden, you're three Steve Lacey albums deep. You're like, yeah, I fucking love this guy. <laughs> but if you just had one song, you'd be like, that's cool, but when's his next project? And then there's a lot of pressure on that next project because it's, you know, it, it, but if, there, if, if I have 50 videos behind me, you can click through 50 of them and sure you might like 12 of them, mm -hmm. but those 12 you'll love. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just, it, I, so, so keep creating and you don't want your first to hit, build that catalog, yeah. build that library. So when it does hit, people have shit to pick and choose from. I'm curious, what's your creative process? Like how, how do you come up with these ideas? I think just being observant of yeah. what's going on around you. The trends are all around you. It's just really, you know, the white cloth thing came to me because I used my buddy Jason as like, he was, he worked, he got fired from Deloitte for drinking too much. <laughs> like he's like my demo Deloitte finance, whatever the fuck he was doing over there. I don't really know, but he's like, he was a guy who told me about like pickleball. He was a guy oh, who was like, pickleball. Jack you pickleball. nutted for that. I'm that was crazy. crazy. Zoom in on that. Yeah, but yeah. He was like, he was a guy who's first started drinking white claws in yeah. the Santa Monica apartment. I remember he was the way he was describing it. He was like, dude, these are sick. They're like epic. Like you feel like, drunk but you feel skinny you feel like lighter and he, like he he went to santa barbara uh, he went he what frat was he on five sig i think huh yeah but well interesting response i wasn't in, i wasn't in frat oh. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment uh, jack i believe no, that word yeah. is gdi for that that's what the frat guys would call you i forget what a sand sword. anyways but he was like he was my barometer he was the dude he had a hydro flask he's the reason i made a hydro flask video he was like my like perfect bro right down the center of america you know Cause he, cause he, he felt just like, he felt like what the, uh, a mixture of just all the people in Los Angeles, but also kind of just like central America. Like he just felt like, like, like he was the guy I could base anything off of. So he always had a hydro flask, boom, make a video off that. He always was drinking the white cloth and I was like, all right, let me try one of these. And then I started getting more into it and nobody had made a white club video. And that was like, it felt like, I think a trend is like, uh, catching a wave. I don't surf, but I would imagine this is what it'd be like. It's like, it's, it's building up. And if you get in at the right time, you ride the f out of it. But it, so many people jump on when it's already breaking. There's a lot of people yeah. paddling, paddling, paddling. The same thing. I made a video on Tiger King and I was, a, I was one of, I'm not to sound like fucking uh, soldier boy over here saying I did it first, but I was very early in the Tiger King parodies. And then that hit. And then people pushed it out like two or three weeks after the series was big. And it, it you know, it's all about just getting in right before it breaks, you know? Yeah. And what's your team? Well, oh, that was your creative process. process. Yeah. So just watching this guy. Whatever this guy does. He's a moneymaker. You got to yeah, hire him full time. But now Dude, it's yeah. like. What, what is he up to now? Curious, uh, like, he lives in Austin, Texas. As <laughs> nice, most guys. Nice. You got to make an trends. Austin, Texas right. He lives in Austin, now. Texas and he's starting a brand. And I swear, this is not a lie. Uh, he's starting a brand uh, about. Uh, uh, what's it called when they when they ship stuff to you on a regular basis? Drop shipping? Oh, no. No, but. Like, subscription like, type yeah, subscription, a subscription based uh, jerk off lotion. I swear no. to you. I swear on my life. He swear on my life. I swear on my life. So he, it's a lube or is it specifically for? I don't know what it is. I'm just saying. I don't know what it is, but he's like, he's so funny, man. He he'll like text me and be like, I got an investor meeting coming up. This guy was on Shark Tank, and I'm like, this is all for lube. He in <laughs> and like he'll send me like the photo of like the product and the branding. He's like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? So he's making jerk off lotion in Austin, Texas. <laughs> he's doing well. I think so. Huh. Right. You know, he's definitely moisturized. I can tell you that much. Yeah. But um, this guy is your ticket, man. Yeah, oh yeah, he's, you. he's he's great. Yeah. Um, I love him. I was one of his um, groomsmen at his wedding, but um. So he was like the gold mine, but I'm like, where do, so his name is Jason. I go, where do I find the Jasons in the world? You know, um, when does this come out by the way? Uh, Sunday. could be probably. this Sunday. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm, I have this video coming out and it's just about like guys with like dangly cross earrings, right? Uh -huh. It's just one of those things you look up at a club. <laughs> funny, and I see them everywhere now. And that what is, is so going, able to pick these things out. That reaction yeah. is exactly what yeah. I want in a video. It's funny, goes, I've noticed it everywhere, but I've never like put the you, two and you two together. You notice it, but yeah. you never bring it out. Correct. That's the reaction I want on all the videos. It's like, dude, people do do that. What? Is, oh, I moved uh, Tesla. They all, all these, and I have one. I'm an idiot. But every Tesla owner, for the most part, I'd say, and eighty percent of them have a custom license plate. And I've been sitting oh, on that idea oh, for yeah. so long. They're all customs, like LOL gas. Oh, and, dude, I got to show you my license plate. What do you have? What car do you have, by the way? How much money Tesla. do you have? Uh, guess. Well, what? Like liquid 3.2 mil. Liquid? Or what? 
I don't know, man. Network. It's the right? fact that you said liquid alone. <laughs> you know that you have millions racked up. The f- strobe lights are going off over there. <laughs> so here's the license plate. Elon Musk. God. <laughs> wait, this is a Tesla? Yeah. It's the Roadster. It's the Roadster. Is that new? It's no, the old, it's the old original one. Roadster. Yeah, they haven't came out with that. 2010. Elon Musk. Dude, <laughs> I would take a photo of your license plate if I didn't know you and be like, this fucking guy. I, well, in the guilty. video, it has like, yeah. Elon, I'm about to bust, you know? So oh, my God. But I essentially made a video just because I kept seeing him everywhere, and I worked it into a stand-up bit. Then I go, this is funny, but, like, the visual of this is, that's how I decide if it goes stand-up or video. I go, is this more visual or is this more of a story? And the visual aspect. And then now people tag me and they'll be like, no gas here. Gas, LOL. And it's just like... And now I see him everywhere and that, and that people will tag him in me. That wasn't a sentence. People will tag me in it and be like, yo, I fucking see this shit everywhere. So it's like the, you're bringing something that people have seen, but haven't talked about out. And they go, yo, I have seen that. That's incredible. So, so 3.2 yeah. mil or what are we talking about? Uh, I need to know what, what's the context. Like, I don't know. Liquid, you got it. Everything. Assets or net worth? This motherfucker. <laughs> you got it. Answer everything. the question. I don't know what the question is. Everything. Try it. If, if you had to... F- net worth. Is net, yeah, worth? net worth. There we go. Yeah. Like 18 million. What the f*** are we yeah. doing in the karaoke room? I don't know. Why man. are we not recording yeah, that's, Steve Aoki's That's why it's kitchen. 18. If you don't spend money like that. That's Smart. a good point. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good point. What's your net worth? Not that. I don't what even is know. It? I, I wish I knew. Oh, you know, you right? Know, you gotta know. Uh, <laughs> here's what's fucked up. You're gonna clip the part where it leaves yours out. And I'm over here like, I don't know. Just that part. Um, I, I'm buying a house in, in like a week, so I'm nervous. It, it it's fine, but after I buy the house, it's not gonna be fine. <laughs> well, How much is the house? The house is uh like 1.7. L. A. or California? Yeah, L. A. Yeah. Okay. How much? So like, it's how much are you putting apartment. down? It's uh, a cardboard 20, box. Yeah, 20%. Okay. okay. That's about standard. Yeah. We can do some math. Very we can, big, we can do some math on that to yeah. run the numbers backwards. Right. Right. So you get a $1.5 million loan on that? No, it's yeah, about yeah, 1.3, 1.4. Your background is all housing, right? Yeah, it's real estate. So seven. That so so your, real estate, your payments, so yeah, so your payment's going to be probably around seven, six, $7,000 a month mortgage plus property tax. Yeah. So that's going to make it about eight. I just, I, so I pay. So you're I, making more than twenty five thousand dollars. Oh yeah, which, which was minimum obvious, thirty, like without yeah, yeah bro, minimum. Which was right, right. I am right. Yeah. right. Technically, from the lender's perspective, right? Dude, yeah. I'm wearing Kith shorts, bro. I'm out here. <laughs> what do those cost? I don't know. These <laughs> were sent to me. <laughs> didn't look. I'm kidding, dude. I'm yeah. not. I don't spend crazy. I'm not <laughs> like every. Uh, anytime I have like I wear something like jewelry, I go, "This isn't me." Mm-hmm. I'm not. You know, like anytime I like post anything nice it's a character and i'm like like being like yo guess who got it like that and then the next thing is me at a fucking norms eating steak and eggs but the steak is like eight dollars right like everything i post is like a joke like i like i never share like personal life stuff i never share what i'm going through Mm. i'm always just like how can i make this water bottle funny why don't you share like more personal People don't stories. care. I think, I think they if, would. I think if they listen to my podcast, they're very tapped in. Yeah. They're very in the now. Stiff socks. 18 mil, it's crazy. I think people, if they listen to my podcast, they know the full versions of me. They know what I'm going through. They, they, I've had my dad on the podcast. They know exactly who I am, where I come from. But I just like, I've, when it comes to social media, I just want people to land on my page and be able to laugh. And the second they land on there, and I'm over there being like, my cat mittens was my everything. They're like, cool. Now I'm sad. You know? So I just, I, I keep that stuff. And, sure. and instead of posting it and getting uh, likes from people about my life stuff, I just go to therapy. And I fucking crush That's the therapy, fair. you know? So I just, I don't know. It, it just feels like when, um, it just feels, and this is not a great stance, but it feels like when you go to like an Instagram models page and you're like, nice. And then you click the next one. She's like, here's what's wrong with Biden. And you're like, God damn, what's going on here? <laughs> I, wanna, I get it. I just want to see some pictures. Yeah. yeah you know, I, what does Tulum look like? Why is every girl in Tulum? 
I want to go to Tulum. I agree with what yeah. you're saying. And right, that's kind of an that. epiphany yeah. that I had in but the past it, few months is like, like try to be a force for good and like optimism and happiness just in general. Like even if the negative stuff, okay, I know I'm saying this right next to Graham, but like, even if I could say some like negative stuff or be mean or whatever, and it would what? be funny. What negative stuff would you say about Graham right now? Well, I wouldn't say negative stuff about Graham. Yeah. Cause he makes but just $18 like, million. Dollars. Papa's keeping he the knows, lights on. He knows better. But just in <laughs> general, like, be, like being a negative person for, for comedy or whatever, or like if I'm with my friends, I feel like. Even if it's funny and it gets a laugh or whatever, like at the same time, like it's probably better just to be a force for good and just try to be an yeah, optimistic I mean, guy. There's it's no like right more or wrong way to do it. Like, like I'm not saying like if I go to some chick's page and she's <clears throat> expressing her political thoughts, that's not wrong. It's her page. Mm. I who am I to say that she can or can't do any of that? Yeah, I'm just saying me personally, I don't want to involve any of that. Plus, also one thing I think Marshmallow is the smartest DJ in the world because he has zero personal identity. He's just a, a, a figure, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't associate any thoughts with him that are like, oh, that's just a this guy from that place. Or he, he looks like this, so he gets... Like, you, you just I get see... That. It's just a guy. Like, it's not even a guy. It's just it's a, a character. It's a character. Yeah. So when people go to my page, I want people to have the same thoughts. They're not like, whoa, this guy's leaning left. This guy's leaning right. Like, oh, this guy hates this or hates that. It's just like, you that's just... smart. It's just one... It's just a comedy page. Yeah. Um, and I think that... Yeah, I don't... It, I, I don't know. I only post like random stuff, but like I'm not gonna like. I'm always curious. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you have to uphold this character that you've kind of like presented yourself as? For example, coming on this podcast, do you feel like you have to be funny, or if you get recognized by a fan, do you feel like you have to be that character? Uh, no. I think you just have to be nice, human, just personable. Because I think like I was at some event last night here, and this girl. It's like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I do comedy. And then the best response that every comedian loves is, really? Tell me a joke. No. I was going to I was gonna say that. <laughs> it's I was going to be like, make me laugh. I know, but I'm, that sounds like very, like, you're a king and I'm a jester and you'll kill me if you yeah. laugh. Like, make me laugh, <laughs> comedy boy. Laugh. And I think if you just give me some time and you talk to me a little bit, you'll find a way to laugh. You'll find something funny. But, like, make me laugh is a very, like, knock-knock joke. What well, do you say to that? Uh, I just say No. Or I'll be like, dude, it's I'm at a fucking we're at a karaoke bar right now. This is not a good setup for this. Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just every comedian is like least favorite. Do you ever worry about the jokes that you're saying, and maybe it, it gets you in hot water? Because no. it seems like comedy in general is moving more towards like a safer place where you can't make certain jokes anymore. Like it seems like the jokes that were made 20, 30 years ago are just unacceptable now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of err on the side of like. You know, in the same sense of like what I was saying a little bit ago is like, I don't pick a side where it's like, like you could watch me. I think anybody could watch me and find whether they like it or not. They, they don't watch me and be like, yeah, this is funny if you're blank. This uh, is funny if you're blank. You know, if you're Republican, you'll love him. If you're this or that, like yeah. I just, I'm right down the middle. I don't talk politics. I don't talk anything that would like make people feel a certain way. Um, Cause again, my whole goal is for people just to laugh, just take their mind off of what they're going, whether they're on a five minute break, whether they're on a breakup, whatever the fuck, like the amount of messages I get of people like that are deployed in like Afghanistan or they're going through a breakup or they lost their dad or something they're like, Hey, your comedy helps get me through that. That's all I want. I don't, I don't push the envelope in a sense of like, you know, tackling crazy issues or saying wild stuff. It's yeah. not for me. I just, I, all I want is laugh. And the second you get too too edgy you know there's people who will love you there's people who are very successful at that but that's just not for me i think i'd rather go broad audience and uh just cast a bigger net that's fair what's your team like is it just you do you have an editor Uh, i have me a main editor john best editor i know uh i used to edit all my stuff until like 2019 Mm -hmm. john came on and then it's me john and then another guy kyle who tours with me and he films all the stand-up and those are those are like the three that kind of make it work. And then uh, I have an assistant. That's yeah. really it. Why did you start your podcast? I had been wanting to do one. And I was with this guy, Michael Blaustein, who's the other co-host. And we were at an open mic in L.A. And we just hit it off. We were just talking because this was right when I was about to quit my job, I think, where I had just quit my job. Mm-hmm. And he was doing a bunch of college gigs. And as a stand-up comedian in the early days, college gigs pay the best. They're, I mean, they're, they're like... They just, for whatever reason, they don't know how to price comedy. They're like, here's five grand. And at the time, you're like, that's insane. So he was like doing, co- he was doing colleges. And at that point, I was so young and stand up. I was like, dude, like, 
you know, how do you get these college gigs? And then I was starting to pop on YouTube and he goes, he goes, well, how do you get these views? And we're going back and forth, back and forth. He's telling me game on like stand up side. I'm telling him game on videos. And we had like a three hour conversation at this coffee shop in Koreatown after this open mic. And the next day he called me, he goes, do you want to start a podcast? And I was like, yeah. And I'd already been thinking about it. So it was a perfect storm. And then we just met at a coffee shop in Culver City. And then we just pitched ideas back and forth, back and forth. For some reason, Stiff Socks just stuck. <laughs> Come. Who came Who came up with that idea? I think, I, I, think, I want to say Michael. I think it was, I think we were going back and forth, back and forth. Back and forth. Like, like I said, like, like s- sticky socks. And he was like, what about Stiff Socks? Like it was an alley-oop sure. type thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's always funny about the name. It's like people will like get close with them. Like yeah. you're, you're sticky socks, right? Come, c- come, come Nikes, socks, yeah. come sock. <laughs> what is it? I'm like, I'm with my father right now. <laughs> my dad's like, stiff socks. Check out my episode. Can we that's break funny. down the, yeah. uh, the business of things a little bit? Like if you sure. were to have a pie, you're going to make each piece, assign it each a percentage. Where's your, what's your income look like on that pie? It's a great question. I would probably say podcast. Dude, it's pretty like, I'd say the big three are podcast, mm. touring, videos. And I would say podcasting and videos is about the same. And I'd say 40% videos. No, no, no. I'd say 50% is videos and brand deals in one category. And then uh, 25 touring, 25 podcast. It's pretty good for the podcast. Podcast is doing well. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Pod, I, again, podcast fans are the best. They, they're just supportive. Uh, we have a Patreon and you know that's got got some people on there too it's just uh just people who really enjoy listening to us yeah. that's what i've noticed i think podcast listeners like yeah, they connect totally. with you on a different level oh dude it's than insane. just like watching like a youtube video or something like I've that had, which is somebody, nice. like come up to me on the street and be like how was the dentist uh, today i'm like what yeah yeah like, oh i heard in the episode today you went to the dentist what, yeah in culver city yeah yet you they thought it was a cavity but it wasn't how was that and i was like <laughs> i forget that i just project my entire life right. for hours upon hours every week on Apple and Spotify and everywhere. <laughs> and then I just forget that people listen. So when people reference that, and even when shows, I'll like on a show, I'll be like, or on a podcast, I'm like, dude, I love sour Skittles. Next show, people are like, I brought you sour Skittles. The th- it's just, that's the, cool. It's the coolest thing ever. It's the I'm always popular. amazed at people that wait at 9 a.m. We post every Sunday. Yeah. And if we oh, end up posting like hustlers. at like, that's the rise if we posted at 10 a.m., yeah. there are people like, yo, where's the podcast? Of I'm course. like, I'm waiting for it. Of course. I feel so terrible because Blame I'm like, you're producers, waiting. As everybody Blame does. It it's always Jack's fault. <laughs> no. I'm ready. It's it's Jack usually that. <laughs> yep. It's always my fault. What it's are you Jack's doing fault. at 9 a.m. on, on Me? Sleeping. No. I, it you're sucks. Not rising and grinding. Every, I've never said this publicly on the podcast, but I have to be up every single Sunday morning at like usually like 8.15, which is unfortunate because it's the morning after Saturday. I'm just saying it's the morning after Saturday, which, you know, this has been the last, what, two and a half years? Something like so that. So I've never we been bo- able both to- Both of us, though. You I both of us are- uh, Well, we work together on it. Yeah, so like we're yeah. up like talking title thumbnail and everything. Uh, so it just it's like I've never do, slept in on yeah. a Sunday, which I know sounds like I sure I'm I'm complaining about nothing. You know who else is sleeping on Sundays? The Christians. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I should. Yeah. <laughs> I love you're like I've never said we this publicly. I don't sleep yeah. in on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> I wish like I could, deal. man. It's that, for me. It's like I want to sleep in on a Sunday. People are gonna go off on gonna blame me now. People are gonna Bitcoin you just earned from a brand deal. And everyone's gonna be like, Graham doesn't let him sleep in on Sundays. No, no, this is a you know it's a mutual decision here we were I don't in this together either oh, dude. it's so. jack and i at 8 a.m every sunday morning going back and forth on title thumbnail we could do this the night before but there's something about like the morning of where it's like well, that panic mode yeah yeah you have to come up with something mode. good yeah. the day before there's not that sort of urgency to like make it perfect right but when it's like 15 minutes before and we're going back and forth over text over like what it does feel kind of nice it does yeah and then you get it and then you just anxiously watch to see like how it performs mm-hmm and then we tinker. This one will bomb yeah. for sure. This one's going to blow up. No. The yeah, clips, dude, but that, yeah, the I clips mean, the are amount of crazy, times yeah. that I, the morning, I think for videos, they either do best in the bright early morning before people are checking their phones at breakfast or right after work, you know, like six to seven. And there's times where if I want, I need a video to go up, it's like, yeah, it's the same thing. I wake up at seven, I click post on Facebook and YouTube. What, cause you, you know, if it's like getting out there, because sometimes I forget which one you can't, uh, you can't schedule on Instagram or TikTok yet, but I'll hmm. get it out on there, go back to sleep because I would rather the people on the East coast see it versus yeah. it's like, okay, I get up at 10 people in the East coast are like, dude, dude, it's two, I don't know math. It's 1am, 1pm. Yeah. Cut that. <laughs> 1am. It's, it's, it's 1pm. They're like. You know, they're on their lunch break, they're yeah. in a meeting, they're seeing the video, but they're not watching, there's no subtitles. It's like a whole, you know, I always think about like, 
when are people listening and watching with sound on? Early morning, end of the day. Yeah. Middle of the day, people are at work. So you have to- if Lunch. It, if yeah, but e- even at lunch, it's loud and they don't have headphones if they don't. And, you know, you just, so it's like, is it subtitled? Is it not subtitled? I was just thinking about like, like, yeah, just, just watch people's behavior as they scroll. They're on a subway, they got headphones. Sure, if they do, might be loud. Is it subtitled? You know, mm-hmm. if somebody's just eating at a sweet green by themselves, they don't want to play it out loud because that's insane. So they're just kind of scrolling just right. So you're like, how do I, when do I want to post? What's best for people around the world? Sure. You know, early morning, later night. Yeah. It's interesting you post and then go back to bed. Of course. What's your schedule like? Um, if you have a normal, like a work schedule that you have kinda. to like I'm, I get mean, stuff it's, done. Yeah, Monday we record the podcast. Tuesday I'm usually writing or doing like pre-production stuff for whatever we're filming that week. Either film Wednesday or Thursday. I mean, there's just like miscellaneous stuff. But like every week I try to put out a video and a podcast. That's like bare minimum. Yeah. So everything that gets plugged in around that is either like meetings or collabs or filming with other people. Tour is tough because there's a lot of traveling. So your week is like really Monday, Tuesday mm-hmm. and you like fly out Wednesday or something or varies by a day or so, but really just that, you know, do you ever get the feeling that you could be doing more? Of course. I, I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, you watch one interview with Mr. Beast and you're like, what do I even try? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and the, the, his, I think his Rogan episode, if, if you're a YouTube guy, listen to it. It just fucking, dude, he's got, I thought I had good insight on videos. This, dude, this guy is getting people from different countries to voice over what he's saying, but he's getting like popular actors in yeah. that country. He's got different channels for different countries. He's just like global. Yeah. And that I think he says in there, it's like 10% of the world speaking English. I don't know what that is. Don't quote me. You should never quote me. I don't know much. I learned from Snapple lids, but he's like 10% of the country speaks English. So I'm like, dude, that is 10% of the world. Sorry. You're like, you are limiting yourself to so little stuff. And then I just like, I, the second I watched the interview, I hired another editor and I was like, I was like talking, I was like, do I need a producer? How do do I, do I need a writer? Am I good enough? And it just made me want to expand. So every time, you know, I see something like that or Eric, he's great too. He's fucking blowing up right now, but he's doing the precautions and you meet him. He's got a big team. He's hustling. He's doing everything. Uh, he, and he found the formula. So I see guys like that and I go, I need to one up it. But, th- but it's a different side of YouTube. I think sketch comedy versus what they do is like, they're just meant for the masses. Yeah. It's just like, it's very clickable. It's just, you know? Yeah, do you think some of your videos would translate well into other languages? I'd imagine it's maybe only a, a sliver that another you know yeah, language I, I, could understand or, could, or another country could relate to. What well, is interesting because like, for example, when the White Claw video came out, I did a show in Canada. They didn't have White Claw there yet. Really? People were like, we've heard about this thing. What is in the States? But then once they got it, I started getting messages like yeah. like, like a small bump of views went up. And people were like, dude, we finally got them. Now I relate. So that's a good question. I think something global like AirPods, maybe, yeah. you know, that would translate. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I just make what I know best. And I I think whenever I try to go too big or too, like, out of my element, I feel it. So yeah. the viewers, and so does the video. You know, it doesn't feel authentic to me. So, um, could always do American stereotypes in other countries. Of course, yeah. And and I think you know, and America is also a massive place too. Yeah. So I'm very fine if somebody in Brazil is like, I don't understand this shit. I'm like, well, I guess somebody in Connecticut does. You know, I'm not trying to like. Obviously, global the better, mm-hmm. um, especially with like reels and shorts because they push that all over. Yeah. Um, so I do try to keep it somewhat relatable and all that, but. You know, I'm, I'm doing as best as I can. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm doing what I know. Yeah. You know, I did a video a while ago. It was like uh, when people from L.A. visit New York. And I'm like, that's great because it encapsulates both, you know, East and West Coast and everything in between if you're if you've been in one of those cities. Yeah. So like that to me, I was like, cool, I'm I'm getting both sides of the country. Yeah. And what about for stand up? What's your process like for like writing jokes and yeah. test? How do you test them out to make sure they're funny? So I write everything in like a notes app or the voice memo. And I was like, talk it out. Uh-huh. I think, I mean, I've been doing stand-up for like nine years now. Like at this point, I at least know an idea could be funny. It's just finding how to get it out. You know, it's like the idea might be funny, but the execution's not. Or it's like the idea is whatever, but the execution, you know, like flip vice versa type thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I just like, I'll usually put new stuff in the middle of my set. If I'm doing like 15 minutes at the Laugh Factory Around seven or eight, I throw out a quick premise. If it bites, keep going. If not, then I'll be like, okay, do I want to battle this? Or, But sometimes it's like what I, 
what I think is funny isn't funny, and what I don't think is funny is funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll say the premise, and it doesn't really get anything, and then I say the next line, and then that pops. And you're like, oh, I was wrong. I was betting on myself here, but the audience was betting on this. So there's no way to know unless you really try it. Yeah. So I always just throw up new bits, and I, I think I just, as long as it's in my voice and I'm passionate about it, People listen. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You're kind of coming up with a lot of stuff just off the dome when yeah. you're on stage. Yeah, like you yeah. try to see something, see if it bites. And then, and, you know, if it does, you can yeah. proceed, which is, does, that ever, does it ever make you like nervous whenever you're on stage? No, because and you get I, in your head. I, no, I, I think it's like, I'm not, it's, it's like, it's, I just like, it feels like the same thing you would add. And I'm not comparing stand up comedy to the NFL, but like, you wouldn't like it's like asking an NFL player be like, Do you think about the seventy thousand people in the stadium watching you? You're like, No, they're just locked in. Huh. Like there'll be moments where I'm performing and I look up and I'm like, damn, there's like two thousand people watching me right now. And then I get right back in it. Because I can't I don't think I'm just like in like this like mode where I'm just on. And it's just like every, like nothing matters. You know, I'm not worried about taxes. I'm not worried I pay mine. I'm not worried <laughs> about anything else but performing in that hour. So I, I does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm not like, there's no like outside thoughts. And I'm just like, it's on. Really it just feels like I'm just like. Did you, know. you ever get stage fright? Of course. Of course. And you, the when only did, way yeah. to get rid of stage fright is just by, by just doing reps. Just doing it. You know? Of course, dude. I, a stage presence is so much of. I Somebody told me this. I wish I remember who. It's like, if you don't believe in your own jokes, why would the crowd? You know, like if you're up there being nervous, the crowd's going to be nervous. Unless <laughs> your energy and your jokes give off that like kind of like nervous shy guy like Mitch Hedgeberg or something like that's would make sense but if I'm up there and I'm like hiding behind the mic saying fumbling over words mm-hmm. there's no confidence but if you walk out then you like own it it's gonna help a lot people are gonna be like this guy at least knows what he's doing yeah he's bombing comfortably is what's happening you know <laughs> but he knows it so but it just takes reps it just takes time to figure out your and, and again I don't think I'm some stand-up guru but I, I do think it's just oh, just repetition that's like a message mm-hmm. I always look for answers in life. And I think when I was coming up in stand-up, I would like email big comedians. I would DM them, be like, dude, what are the answers? How do I do this? What what is the secret? There isn't really one. It's just, and I'm sure you guys have found this in really whatever, whether it's podcasting Mm -hmm. or just really anything, it's just doing it. Just getting out there in the reps. You've bombed before, I'm guessing, on stage. What's that like? I've always wondered. I can imagine that it's really hot. You get sweaty. Time slows down. I mean, it feels like an edible is just hitting just on repeat. It's terrible. Jeez. It's, dude, I have bombed. In front of my own crowd, too. Like, and, and you just said it's How just do you like, recover from that? Yeah. I, I feel, feel like, like then it's a downward spiral where it's yeah. like, oh, well, shit, I just you, bombed. You, there's two now ways. I feel all, like, anxious. I would bomb again. Well, I mean, it's kind of like there's two routes you take. And I did this very much so in the early route of my stand-up days. I'd be like, I'd blame it on the crowd, which is not right to do. I'd be like, oh, what? That's, oh, golden doodles aren't funny? But... Dad laugh at that. Yeah. <laughs> and that will get like pity laughs. But honestly, the thing is, only you know how the joke goes. So if you just go to the next joke after, the crowd won't know. And you ask somebody after a crowd, hey, how was the show? Loved it. What was your favorite joke? There's like a, you said something about like pop schools or something. That was like, what people remember out of an hour versus what the performer remembers is so That's different. True. Yeah. We'll always beat ourselves up. I'll be like, show was great, but this one fell flat. So now if something doesn't hit, I just keep going. And But now I'm curious, could that be the audience or could that just be the joke? Like, could you both. retell a joke to a different audience both. and they love it? Because there's a yeah, vibe yeah. of the audience of too, right? Yeah. And there's like, literally there's like, um, you know, I, I think there's almost like a beginner's luck with a brand new joke. Like you'll like tell a random joke at, at uh, somewhere like you'll do it on the road in like Des Moines, Iowa and it murders and you're like we got a heater then you go yeah. back to LA and you do it and it doesn't hit and you're like is it the crowd is it a bad joke did it only work in Idaho like I have this joke that I do about Amish people that I because I just saw some in Indianapolis and I was like mind blown and dude it murdered in the Midwest because they have Amish yeah. but you do it in LA people are like what <laughs> do we have those again Amish people which ones honey do we have those here <laughs> So it's really just about trial and error. Sure. And I don't know why jokes get knocked out of my set or jokes get put into my set, but every once in a while, that's what I was saying earlier. It was like, it was huge huge repertoire of jokes. And then sure enough, I'll probably stop doing that joke at some point. And then somebody somewhere is going to yell something that correlates to the Amish. And then I go, boom, got a zinger for you. 
if I'm just starting a show and I like walk out on stage and somebody's like, fucking bitch. Like, it's so startling. I think if I'm in the middle of my show and I'm like, like I'm, I'm moving, I'm grooving, I'm in the energy and I'm feeling it. I'm locked in and somebody yells something, I'll fucking fire back. Yeah. Some of them miss, some of them hit. And when it hits, it goes crazy but like, because the crowd is watching you. Everybody can script their stand-up and then you do it, but that's all off the dome. Yeah. That's all raw in the moment. That's why those moments get the biggest pops. And the clips that I post on TikTok of crowd work moments are like, those sometimes go crazy because people are like, damn, that's like the funniest thing I had was recently in San Francisco on our podcast. We talked about how to blind people watch porn because it's an educational podcast and <laughs> somebody I'm finishing up the San Francisco show, maybe like five minutes left, taking a sip of water. And this girl goes, blind people do watch porn, you know, crowd gets tense. And I realized that the lady who yelled that was visually impaired. And I go, okay, how do we address this? And then I just go back and forth. And I, I, I just think if she yelled that in the very beginning of the show, I'd have been like, what, what, where do I even go from here? Yeah. But I think I was just like warmed up and that happened. And it just like this, it just, you couldn't expect that. And it just like, I had so much fun with it. The what did you, what it. did you say? Uh, well, she said something and I said, oh no, I'm over here. And that, <laughs> I got a big pop, but I was very respectful yeah, about sure. it before I did well, she's it. She's at a comedy. How did you think she to heckled, say right? that? I don't know. Like, I, don't I know would be too concerned about like offending her, like well, saying the wrong thing. And so, and I think I, I always do it without malicious intent. Like I'm not like doing it like, like rude or yeah. like, and, and I preface the clip. I say like, Hey, I, I am dumb. I do not know what's going on. Are you visually impaired? And then she said something. So yeah. I, I, I'm putting myself out there being like, yeah. I don't know. I'm dumb. Are you? And, and then she said the thing and that's when I said, I'm over here. And that just hit. Yeah. And now everybody and that laugh is nice because everybody's like, oh, we're having fun here. You know, if the crowd is laughing, she's laughing. Uh, and, and I talked to her after the show and she was like a sweetheart. She like loved it. But I'd um, be so tense in that moment. Cause I feel like if you said the wrong thing, well, like well, it that's, that's cut thing. everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know. And it's not like I, and again, I'm not like attacking. Yeah, it, sure. Like she yelled it out at me. Yeah. It's kind of like a volleyball. It's like a lot of balls in your court. And, I, and mm. I, I say in the clip, I'm like, I feel like this is the Lord testing me right now. You know, like, do you want to have another show tomorrow night? Um, so I kind of like preface it, preface it. And then, and then what happens, It the clip is crazy. I mean, it's afterwards a guy goes, she's explaining how vision impaired people watch porn. And then this guy in the balcony goes too long, like saying her explanation was too long. Okay. And then I start getting on that guy. I'm like, she's blind, not deaf, you idiot. Like, she can hear you. And at this point, it's just utter chaos. Yeah. And it's just like, I after I got off stage, I was like, that was insane, right? And then I was like, how do I fucking, yeah, that, like that, you can't, like that moment you can't recreate. Yeah. You got to start putting blind people in the audience so then they can heckle like that. That's rude. Is it rude? I don't know. <laughs> No, we're gonna um, clip just that. Yeah, Jack. please, please, yeah, do that. <laughs> Don't clip that. Andrew, man Andrew, talks about blind cut that people. Out, man. Oh, no, God. could I, you uh, plant hecklers and then like do people do that? I'm sure people do. I, yeah, but like, dude, you couldn't. There's no way you'd feel good about yourself after that. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's that's not a good crutch. Because then what if that person gets COVID that day and you're a big closer? You're like, anybody on a crutch here? And then they're not there. And you're like, <laughs> I said, anybody on a... And then you're looking at the tour manager like, where's Ruben? Like, yeah. Oh, God. You in the back. You're, you're on crutches, right? Like, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, you could make it up. Yeah, I yeah. mean, sure. I mean, there's... Sure, I think, bad idea, sure. sure. I mean, comedians lie all the time. Yeah. This happened this week. That happened four years ago. They'll be like, well, today I was no. How often do you think that stuff's actually true? I've always a lot yeah, of the, I hear some a lot of crazy stories from comedians. Yeah. I'm like, does that actually happen? I think something close, like something like, like a guy will have a wild story, and it's like, like a kernel of it is true. Like the a beginning thought, somebody sparked that thought, and then they accentuate it. Mm -hmm. um, or some of it is. Some guys are like Joey Diaz. I believe everything that man says. You know, I don't know yeah, if you know no, him, but like he's just like a Jersey mafia guy. Mm. And like you hear him and you're like, I believe it. Mm. And you can usually tell by the logic and people talking about it. You're like, sure. it seems like it has a little logic flaw in it. But so yeah, I, got, I mean, it's all accentuated. I got one final question. I want to, I've always wanted to ask a stand about comedian. blind people, Jack. It does, it does not have to do with blind people. Good. It's uh, cause I love them. I've always wondered because I've been to quite a few stand up shows with a few comedians that I like. I adore, right? And who are what these comedians? Should I say? 
I'll say. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah sure. Yeah, that's why I, I went to a Chris D'Elia show, and I went to uh, a Theo Vaughn show. Love Theo. Yeah, and um, I'm at these shows, and they're funny, right? Like they're they, I, I laugh and everything. But when I listen to their podcasts, it's just like a whole different type of laugh. I there's think no that pressure. There's no crowd. There's no audience. You, you think that's what it is? I've 100%. always thought that. Comedians in podcasts are like a hundred times funnier than they so are on stage. He is one of my, I love Theo. He's one of my best friends and just so talented and he gets in his head a lot because when he's at, in a studio, he's just with himself. Right. He's comfortable. He's in his own space. And then there's 2000 people. You, it's hard to be yourself when you're performing, you're a performative aspect. So I think it's just that. I think it's also like the calculatedness of going up on stage and the fact that every joke is like pre-written. So it's... I mean, dude, imagine this podcast, if there's 2,000 people here, it'd be a totally different podcast. Yeah. Imagine recording any YouTube video when there's 2,000 people watching. Right. You know, you're if somebody sneezes, you're you're now thinking about that. Yeah. If nobody laughs when you tell a joke, you're thinking about that. If everybody laughs, now you're thinking about that. Yeah. So I'd the podcast world is like... You're not doing it for the laughs. You're just talking to talk. You're just talking from what you know best. Mm. And then you don't know those people you know, in their car or at work or at the gym laughing to it. You don't know. Like, I, like we post our podcast. You guys post your podcast. Nobody knows when they're laughing. Sure. You can read comments. 3701. Hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you're not performing. You're just talking. And yep. that's what makes people connect with podcasters so much is they're not putting on a performance. They're like, this is just me speaking from the heart. Yeah. That makes sense. Let's talk about your house really quick. Um, what oh. made you purchase a house? I was I, done I, a renting. I, yeah. I was done with renting. I just, it's like, I've never loved the idea of just throwing money at a landlord. Mm-hmm. And like my landlord's like just a chill Venice bro. And I'm like, there's no way my money's going to good use. <laughs> it's going to Adderall and just long boards, <laughs> just sector nines. Fucking he's a great dude. But I just, I, I don't know. I, I just turned 30. Everyone thinks I'm like 21, just turned 30. And I'm like, dude, I just, you know, if this is the one big change I make at 30 is start, you know, a mortgage and having some, just some assets. Yeah. Big word. I just, you know, that was it. Sure. And I was looking, I was looking and the tour just ended. And I was like, you know, after the tour, I want to focus on that. And I saw one house. The first house I looked at is actually this one. And then I checked out like 15 or 20 more. And this one was like, I would always relate it back to that house. I'm like, this one's sick, but it doesn't have what blah, blah, blah had. Got it. And how long did it take you from the time you saw the house to make an offer? It sounds like you saw 20 homes. It doesn't Uh, happen in like a week. We made an offer like that week. Cool. But we lowballed the fuck out of them. Really? Oh yeah. Who were they asking? Probably two or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we went at like 1.5. Like I was like, no. <laughs> but the lady I'm working with is yeah. like the, the, the real estate lady I'm working with. She's who, great. Who is she? Give her uh, a shout out. Jessica. Jessica what? I don't want to say her last name. Why? She's mine. She'd love it. Je- she would, oh, yeah. Jessica estate. Felix. Jessica Felix. Okay. She's great. Yeah. But she, uh, she's like, it's all like kind of dating. She's like, you put in an offer. The seller immediately says, no, ghost, go away. Three weeks. Then he's going to be sitting there like, why the fuck would they put that offer in? They, they did, but they, they did put an offer in. They're interested, right? Should I, is this, should I respond? Should I DM back? Should I be seen? And you kind of meet back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then it's like, then you kind of three weeks go by and you're like, hey, just want to know if you have that offer. Here's a new offer with slightly more money, mm-hmm. but more asks. And it's just like this bag. It's all a mind yeah. game. But you did that over the holidays, right? Like yeah, yeah, Thanksgiving yeah. through yeah. Christmas. It's That's a, a really slow time for real estate. So sellers basically, to have a home year. listed at the end of the year like that usually means they have to sell or they year. really, really want to sell. Yeah, which I don't know if it's good or bad. Worse for you. Mm. Worse for me? No, it works. It works, it works for you, yeah. <laughs> I love how you just looked me dead yeah. in the eyes. I thought you were like, it's yeah, worse, worse for, for you. you. <laughs> <laughs> they really got to dump that property. And, uh, everyone's yeah. like, it's, it's going to drop. Housing's going to drop. Housing's going to drop. Everyone's saying like 2023. A, I think it's a risk. Uh, the luxury market in LA, so like above one and a half, is taking a huge hit. So you that's going to drop pretty low. No, I could see it. I could realistically see like a 10 to 15% drop. I think the luxury market, like 25 million and up, I could totally see like a 20%, 25% drop in the really high end market. Yeah. Uh, but I think over one and a half, I think probably a 10 to 15% drop is probably the worst of it. But the thing is, but like, um, you think it's fine to buy right now. Like it's not insane. If, insane. if you're planning to, to keep it for the next 10 years, yeah, I don't yeah. think it makes a difference. Okay. If you were just going to say, well, I'm going to live there for a few years and then sell it. No. I'd say, no, it's better to rent. No, 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 no. And, um, yeah, but the, but the issue is that it's the interest rates yeah. is that right yeah. now 
you're, the monthly payment is still higher than it was at the yeah. peak. So when real estate was at its highest, it was earlier, uh, really a year ago. Yeah. But when you account for interest rates, the payment now is still higher, even though housing prices have gone down. Yeah, and that's kind of like the, the trade-off. So yeah. like, you can buy now, houses are cheaper, the interest is crazy, and then keep waiting. And I just, I don't know, I just I just don't want to stop paying yeah. uh, for my lease. And uh, I don't think it makes a difference. If you're like okay. 10 years from now, yeah. chances are you'll make money. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. mean, I, dude, I'm a pretty simple guy. Like if I find a place that I like, I, like I'm not going to be like, this is cool, but like I need to be closer to Nobu. Like I just no. I don't care. Like I just need a place where I can work out of. And that's what I loved about this place. It just had this dedicated spot. Where I was like, this is a great office. I can that's have cool. me and the, the three people I work with, like meet up here. We're writing, we're editing. It's collaborative. Cause all my friends where I work now, I'm in the West side of town, Los mm-hmm. Angeles. They're all in the Valley. And it's like, it's, it's I'm done with we transfers and, 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 and Dropbox. No, I need to, air, I need to be over the shoulder and like trim that, add this, do that. Like that's that. Cool. There's that, something about that in person that I do feel course, like is that, incredible. That back and forth. Yeah. Is, that's how it's like when me and John meet up to edit, like we'll just meet at our podcast studio and it, it the ideas are just bouncing back. It's so much faster versus me writing it out, hoping he understands my notes. I'm like 301, make, make her, uh, uh, come in sooner, but this, and then this, and then louder car, Ferrari, vroom, mm. vroom. He's like, what, what is this? But if I'm there, I'm like, okay, let's have a car come in. It, it like it, it just bounces. Yeah. It's like, it's so much better just to be collaborative in the same space. Yeah. Cool. Thanks I think, I think me. we're That's good, good on time, right? We're out of time. We're good. Okay. I cool. actually got one more question. Right. Trying to catch a title right here. Okay. Trevor, what is the most that you've made in one day? You know, I made a few people smile and that's all that matters to me. I'm not a money guy. Bless up. Yep. Money Meet the man who makes people smile. Most man of the makes day, people smile. 12 mil. I, I honestly have no idea. All right. There's a title. I can't look at money every day. I also lose my head. Because I'll be like, oh, my views are down. My views are up. I heard it. You know? Mm-hmm. As long as I can pay for my rent and. Uh, now your mortgage. Yeah. Which is scary. <laughs> scary. Like, I, now I the bar know. is so much higher. Yeah, I don't know. There's There's got to be something in the title or in the episode to talk about. We got it. Yeah. Cool. Just don't make it too clickbaity. Cool. Oh, well, no, we'll, we'll go run it by you. We can run it by you. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Let me know. Thank, Thank you so you. much for coming Appreciate on, Trevor. Yep. Nice re-meeting you. And, uh, Four times. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Four times the charm. Thank you guys so much. And until next time.